Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So a lot of courts and anything legal is being done online now. It's being done by Zoom. This is a judge talking to some of the people involved in this court case. Then we'll bring this fool in. Good morning, sir. What's your name? Nathaniel Saxon, sir. Your name's not but 3000, you yo-ho. Logging into my court with that as your screen name. What kind of idiot logs into court like that? What's your name again? Nathaniel Saxton, sir, but I don't believe that I typed anything like that in. Well, that's what it says. I You should. I'll put you in the waiting room. You can sit in limbo for a while and think about what you call yourself online. <laughs> Is the judge swinging down the purple drink? He talks a little <laughs> slow. <laughs> And I'm so drunk. You with your screen name and me just hammered. Wow. You got to uh, make sure that your funny screen name for video games or poker night or whatever you're doing, you can't do it when you go to uh, show up for court or work or whatever else. Right. Especially for a judge with a coding habit. <laughs> Um, and he called him a yo-ho. What's a yo-ho? Do you mean yoo-ho? Do you mean yay-ho? What are you, yo-ho? What are you trying to say there? <laughs> Too much cough syrup, Judge. Use some judgment. Read the label. <laughs> oh. Um... Oh, Liz Cheney got booted out of the Republican Party. I don't know if that, or or the Republican leadership. She still gets to be a House member and all that. But uh, I like this tweet that Tim Sandifer retweeted. You know there's a Democrat in the House when there are the biggest CPI jumps in a decade, inflation, gas shortages, attacks on Israel, and a border crisis, and the mainstream media is focused like a laser on the number three House Republican. Who in the hell even knew what the number three House Republican was until, you know, a couple of weeks ago? Or what they're supposed to do, yeah, or, or what the why role there is, is one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So pretending no like this That's is well a put. giant earthquake is just, uh, whatever. Um, can you have more than 150 friends? We've talked about the Dunbar number over the years. It always seemed a little dumb to me. It's been around since 1993. This guy named Robin Dunbar, he's an anthropologist, he theorized that humans could have no more than about 150 meaningful relationships, that we are just our brains, our psychology was capped at about 150 meaningful relationships, which always seemed like an extraordinarily high number to me anyway. It's way more. I don't have 150 meaningful relationships. Maybe I'm uh, too much of an introvert or a jerk or whatever, but doesn't that seem like a lot of meaningful relationships? Oh, it's always struck me as, A, an extraordinary number, and B, something I'll never come close to. I don't think, I mean, depending on how you define, but nothing close to 150 friends. Are you kidding? It's all about how you define meaningful. Yeah, but, boy, I think even stretching meaningful, I can't get to 150. Like a coworker, I can identify by name, but I know nothing about them. Does that count? No, that's not a meaningful relationship. No way. I like the standard. We actually talked about this on our podcast yesterday. Go to armstrongandgetty.com if you don't hear uh, the little podcast we do after the show every day called One More Thing. 
But how about the standard of if you heard they were moving away, it would hurt? You hear your coworkers moving away that you you know, and I don't I don't have any feeling about that whatsoever. It's like right. most of the, right. the the reference papers or the term papers that reference the the Dunbar's number, they say the number of people with whom one can maintain stable social relationships. I think that's a bridge before meaningful. Yeah, that's funny. This says meaningful, yeah. but it's stable social. So that'd I think be that inc- that'd like, be like almost everybody you meet. Yeah, though. coworkers, acquaintances, like the 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 sum total of your tribe kind of uh, was my understanding of the thinking. I have a stable social relationship with the guy who uh, does the maintenance on my lawnmower. I see him a couple of times a year, and, and you remember his name. And I remember his name. Hey, he yeah. knows my name. We say hello. We seem to like each other. You know, it strikes me that we're getting rather into depth analyzing this number, which is a load of crap. Stockholm University has published a paper now calling that number into question, finding that people could have far more friends if they put in the effort. We can learn thousands of digits of pi, for instance. If we engage with lots of people, then we will become better at having a relationship with lots of people, said this person, who says that number is dumb. One of the, the main reason I bring this up is how Dunbar came to have this number that is, I've heard discussed for the last 30 years. In his original research, Dr. Dunbar studied monkeys and apes and determined that the size of the neocortex, the part of the brain responsible for conscious thought, correlated with the size of groups that they lived among. The neocortex in humans is larger, so he just multiplied that and came up with the number 150. So he looked at monkeys and said, eh, they got about 10 friends, and a human brain is about, I don't know, 15 times bigger. So I'm guessing it's 150 for people. Oh, my God. And everybody's been repeating that number forever. That's the way research often works. Anyway, We're going to follow the science. Dunbar number is crap, they claim. <laughs> um, it's amazing how many times I've heard that quoted through the yeah, years. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, the, the general uh, view of homo, uh, not homo sapiens, um, Neanderthals, which you've pointed out is based on one idiot looking at a skull like 270 years ago and making completely idiotic conclusions. One racist idiot. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Add in a little racism just to spice things up. Yeah. Um, but, okay, there you go. You can have more than 150 friends. Go, knock yourself out. I'm not going to. Uh, coming up, a number of things, including a little more on the gigantic uh, porculus plan and the tax laws connected to it, which nobody's talking about, uh, perhaps for good reason. I don't know. Plus, uh, Jonathan Turley is going hardcore at the hypocrites who are fine with Facebook and Twitter censoring people when it's the right people. But it's not fine to say, I don't want to make a wedding cake for Mm. a gay couple. Mm. The hypocrisy on issues of free speech is really smart stuff, as usual, from Turley. Cool. I look forward to hearing that myself. Here's a good headline. Feds warn against storing gasoline in plastic bags amid pipeline crisis. (laughs) We have that video at armstrongandgetty.com of a woman trying to put gas in plastic bags. I wouldn't be real comfortable looking at one guy here driving around with, even though he's using containers, I wouldn't really want to drive around with 15 five-gallon jugs of gasoline in the trunk of my car either. Not very far, anyway. Um, 
Oh, one other thing I want to mention is... How uh, long before that rampant panic buying spreads across the country to people who don't understand why it's happening in the East? It already has. Florida's having gas shortages, and the pipeline doesn't supply them with gas at all. Interesting. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, Wall Street Journal, different topic. Wall Street Journal, the topic that... This, this is a topic that has come up in my real life. The whole, how is there a help-wanted sign everywhere right now? The editorial board for the Wall Street Journal calls yesterday's um, job numbers that came out the record 8.1 million job openings in March. They're they're calling that just all the proof you need that we're giving out too much money. If we have 8.1 million job openings, we're giving out too much money for people to stay at home. They're just accepting that as proof. So it's interesting. Yesterday we had the story about economists saying we're not sure. There's no proof of this. But you know what? If if I had to guess, I think that's the bulk of it. More than I'm afraid of getting COVID or you know childcare or whatever get else. Childcare. My kids aren't in school. Since it's mostly we're talking about restaurant jobs and that sort of stuff, I think the bulk of it is I'm making more money not working, dude. The well, end. And what's amazing to me and and a little frustrating is that Joe Biden and company could with the stro- couple strokes of a pen flip all of those factors, all of them, cut the excess benefits because the economy's wide open, get kids back in school by hook, crook, threats, whatever, get the teachers' unions out of the school doorways where they're preventing the kids from going to school so the parents can work. There's no reason not to have child care. There's plenty of, your kids are fine. Put them in child care. And to the extent that there's rampant uh, COVID fear, that's because of idiotic policies like, well, you should probably still wear a mask outside just to, you know, for now. Well, well, we're looking at the guidelines, the rest of it. It's just, it's terrible, terrible, terrible governance, but seems to be a theme today. I almost don't want to go into this next story for that reason. I promised you Jonathan Turley. I, I, I will tell you this, <clears throat> then we'll get to Turley. There is a story of wasted money out of Cal Unicornia. So egregious, it's hilarious. I like hilarious. It has gone beyond tragic into the realm of comedy. I could use a good chortle. And yet, the muttonhead governor will not be recalled. His head is made of mutton. Entirely of mutton. So Jonathan Turley was writing the other day, uh, column is, his headline is Free Speech Inc., How Democrats Have Found a New But Shaky Faith in Corporate Speech. And he talks about Facebook's oversight oversight board upholding the social media giant's continuing ban of former President Trump, uh, the glee from Ilhan Omar and, and other Democrats. Welcome to Free Speech Incorporated, the democratic incorporation of free speech built around the presumption of corporate censorship for some. They say they're not attacking free speech. They're combating disinformation. After all, they say private companies have every right to control speech, unless you are, say, a bakery opposed to preparing a cake for a same-sex wedding or a company contributing to political causes. The current mantra defending Facebook's corporate speech rights seems strikingly out of sync with years of Democratic and political activists demanding the curtailment of such rights. He goes into detail about Elizabeth Warren who's been on both sides of this issue, forcefully, of course, denying that corporations are people, uh, denying that a bakery can deny decorating a cake, that sort of thing. 
Uh, notably, Warren felt that one company, Masterpiece Cake Shop, can be forced to speak, while another corporation, Facebook, should be able to stop others from speaking. When Facebook barred Trump, Warren declared, I'm glad that Donald Trump is not going to be on Facebook. Suits me. Adam Schiff said Facebook must ban him, which is to say forever. And then he gets into he starts to dabble into something that Matt Taibbi uh, wrote about really eloquently. And I got to go by memory on this. And I think Glenn Greenwald is waiting on this, too, to some extent. And that is. And here's where it gets scary. I should have told you what Turley mentions. What's especially ugly is when politicians make clear to corporations who should be allowed to speak and who shouldn't. And then those corporations enforce the edicts from the government. So it's First Amendment violation just once removed. Mm. If you can, and and there is such a... uh, such a nexus between all big media, social media, broadcast media, the rest of it, and the Democratic Party. If Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and Ilhan Omar decide that something is misinformation or racist or whatever, they can effectively threaten and cajole those companies into keeping that speech out of the public square. And it's not theoretically do it all the time. Clearly true. So, yeah, it's once removed. Interesting. Yeah, and and again, and it's all a little murky, and we understand that. Um, but the culture of the free exchange of ideas is more precious than the First Amendment, because without it, the First Amendment will be dismantled. With it, the First Amendment is almost not even necessary. It's just it's a final safeguard. But if you are okay with Mark Zuckerberg and and the guys on Twitter and all declaring unilaterally. Literally one person saying that opinion is too dangerous. That's too ugly. I consider that racist. I'm going to silence that person. If you're okay with that and don't view that as intellectual cowardice, you're contributing to the degeneration of a culture of free speech. I suggest you don't do that. Man, they're really swapping rockets in Israel right now. Holy cow. Back and forth and back and forth. And the Iron Dome is being pushed to the limit. That is uh, what they call their, you know, you picture a dome, but there's not actually a dome. It's just a uh, series of uh, rockets that shoot down incoming rockets. But mm-hmm. it's been working very effectively, but there, there are some who wonder, can it keep up with this pace? And maybe that's what Hamas's plan is. We'll just wear it down. We'll just go beyond its cap- uh, capacity. How many rockets they got sitting around? Quite well, a few, apparently. Iran supplies them, and, you know, there's one argument being made that we're getting back into the deal with Iran, which gives them a ton of money, which they will give to Hamas to send rockets into Israel. So that's just absolutely fantastic. Anyway, maybe more on that later. Speaking of free speech, they have different views of it in different parts of the world. The German government today passed a law that makes hate-motivated insults a crime punishable by up to two years in prison. Wow. A hate-motivated insult is actually against the law in Germany and can spend two years in prison. Uh, I'm sure it will be selectively applied. The new law was meant to protect Jews, Muslims, gay people, and people with disabilities, among other groups. Well, anybody who would utter insults for that reason is an idiot. Yeah, but you... you... I'm not not saying I'm in favor of the law. If you're going to have a two-year prison term for every form of idiocy out there, I got a long list. But you say to somebody who's missing an arm, are you a one-armed loser, and you go to prison for two years? I mean, that's really uncool, but going to prison? That seems crazy. 
Um, yeah. Uh, and it includes texts, emails, or letters, along with... Uh, Dear sir, Dear sir, I have noticed that you have but one arm. For that reason, I must say the following, dot, dot, dot. You are a poltroon. Here's what they're saying. This might be headed to America. Your it's, servant. <laughs> it's our responsibility. This is the government speaking. It's our responsibility to protect every single person in our society from hostility and exclusion. No, it's not. That is not the job of the government. The cure would be 50 times worse than the disease. Yeah. That is something. Well, yeah, see is. how that works out for him. You know, I think every kid, well, every, every kid's getting indoctrinated into the horrific racist critical race theory right now in schools. I wish instead every kid were to taught every year the purpose of the government, the reason for the existence of the government of the United States. Is to make is, sure nobody calls you a bad name. Is to protect your liberty. The, that's the only legit role. No, it's to give me money. To redistribute income. Yeah, well, I don't know. Perhaps the ship has sailed. We're, we're entering a brave new world of uh, soft totalitarianism. Anybody listening who's got the gasoline shortage going on or a spike in prices wherever you are, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. I know there are big cities in the south that are partner out of gas. That's more and a about- tale of incompetence from Cal Unicornia, so terrible it's hilarious. It's, what do you call that? It's horrifarious. Horrifarious. <laughs> it's simultaneously horrifying and hilarious. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I was just reading a long article about something you talked about earlier in the week about how China's uh, uh, population problem that they're having yeah. after after 35 years of making it uh, against the law to have more than one kid and uh, and how old the population is. And, uh, man, they've got some serious demographic problems in that country. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've been reading about this for years. They are looking at a demographic catastrophe in China, which is why every time we talk about the rise of China, I, I think, well, they got a complicated road ahead. They are way top-heavy with old people, and soon it's going to be just mind-boggling. Anyway, we can talk about that in a bit. Hey, why don't we play Clip 30 just to get it on? This is um, this is old, uh, what's her name, old lady Walensky who runs the CDC. I have a 16-year-old. Every day, every year, he comes home from camp, and he writes the number of days until he returns to camp the next year. This year, it got to zero, and I told him he wasn't going. I want our kids back in camp. We now have 38,000 new infections on average per day. Last May 11th, it was 24,000. And we sent a lot of kids home and camps were closed. The camp guidance is intended to get our kids to camp and allow them to stay there. Okay, so she's talking about the the masks and everything rules? Just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Kids canoeing, a, a paddling a canoe outdoors wearing masks. Stupid. It's the never-ending parade of stupid, Jack, to quote my own phrase. Uh, getting to the idiotic California story in a second, but I just uh, was clicking around the gas shortage. Growing number of gas stations along. This all has to do with the hacking of the pipeline, the ransomware thing, if you're just tuning in. A growing number of gas stations along the East Coast are without fuel as nervous drivers aggressively fill up their tanks following a ransomware attack that shut down the Colonial Pipeline, a critical artery for gasoline. The panic buying threatens to exacerbate the supply shock. 
Stay tuned for some great quotes from <laughs> from those in power. As of 9 o'clock Eastern today, no, yesterday, 12.3% of gas stations in North Carolina and about 9% Virginia didn't have gasoline. Uh, Virginia figure... Oh, okay, that's the, even the previous day. Uh, rising outages also being reported at uh, gas, gas stations in Georgia. 8% are out of gas. Florida, 3%. South Carolina, 6%, according to Gas Buddy, which, again, sounds like something you take after eating beans to avoid <laughs> embarrassing yourself. Uh, Patrick DeHaan, who's the head of the Gas Buddy, said, quote, Panic buying is running stations in the region dry. He warned that the irrational behavior could prolong supply issues, quote, for weeks. Tiffany Wright of AAA Carolinas criticized what she described as, quote, irresponsible behavior at the pump. People are taking their entire family fleet of vehicles to the gas station and filling up when they don't need to. We are our own worst enemy in this situation because we're over-consuming at the pump. Obvious tough problem with that is I can think all day long that it's stupid to go fill my tank up completely. That's just dumb. If we all do that, it's going to cause a problem. But if I don't do it and everybody else does, I'm not going to have enough gas to get to work. So I need to go do it, even though I think it's stupid. Or last year, you were wiping your butt with newsprint, you know? Yeah, I know it's irrational, but I need gas. Says uh, Jennifer Granholm, the energy secretary, quote, Let me emphasize that there, uh, that much as there was no cause for, say, hoarding toilet paper at the beginning of the pandemic, there should be no cause for hoarding gasoline, especially in light of the fact that the pipeline should be substantially operational by the end of this week and over this weekend. But again, that's I don't the problem care. With... Shut up, said people getting gas. Yeah, that's the problem with the whole hoarding thing. Yeah, it was dumb. I knew it was dumb to hoard toilet paper, but I bought as much as I could every time I could because there wasn't any around. Yeah. Even I though I know it was stupid, so what are you supposed to do? I'm not going to be the one who, who 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 doesn't have gasoline to try to make a point. Do you see how responsible I am in saying, ha, 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 no, excuse me, I have to walk to work. <laughs> Man on the street interviews are uniformly I stupid. now. It's, 10, it's 9 o'clock the night before so that I can get there in time. But admire me for my restraint. Uh, so men on the street interviews are always stupid, but Florida resident uh, Linda, what's her name, told CNN, I got scared I couldn't go to work or take my daughters to school. All the gas stations in my area were without gas, and when I finally found one, I had to stay an hour in line, and oh. I had to fill up with premium unleaded. Oh, my God. And people hear that, and they think, well, if it lasts for two days, I'm okay, but I'm under half a tank, and i got to get to work on Friday. Right. So they go to the gas station, and the nice lady from the AAA can yell at them all they want, all she wants. You need a, yeah. what do they call it, an Oklahoma gas can or whatever they do. You need to learn to siphon. <laughs> Wait till your neighbors fall asleep. I'd like to apologize to Oklahomans in the audience. That's what, that's Grab what, a hose. That's what we called it in Kansas. They probably called it the Kansas gas can in, in Oklahoma. Um, yeah, you grab a hose. You suck. You're going to get a little in your mouth, but you spit it out. You'll be okay. Just and be you, careful with it. And uh, you learn to siphon. And as soon Now, as, should I put out my cigarette or not? I can never yeah, remember. Turn your face away from it. But <laughs> Great. That's what I'd be doing, a siphoning out in the parking lot. I'd go out right here outside of work. Every car out there, I'm going to fill up my tank. <laughs> Beautiful. And you only do so, like a little bit from each one so nobody exactly. catches on. Yeah. Exactly. So just like a mouthful from each one. <laughs> you, you run over to your car, open the hatch, and <laughs> spit it in there. What is your breath today, Rinse, honey? Is, repeat. Is, is that Philip 66 or Shell? <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know, Our but theme. I've never been pinging less. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the staff joke of the day. Positive Sean, a winner. Yes. I finally have my pinging under control. <laughs> That's beautiful. 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, from downtown, positive Sean. Oh, yeah, at the buzzer. All right, so listen to this, would you? California's new and fully online community college, Calbright, enrolled 900 students in its first year. It graduated 12 of them, saw 40% of them drop out, and is expected to receive more than $175 million in taxpayer funds through 2025. Oh, my God. Just some of the damning... $175 million? Yeah, that's correct. That's uh, there's just some of the damning conclusions that State Auditor Elaine Howell, who is some sort of hero, reported to the legislature on Tuesday. The public college, the brainchild of former governor, senile old fart Jerry Brown, opened in late... Tw- for that online community college. And the choo-choo train. So uh, let's say expects to run through $175 million. Uh, the uh, brainchild of Jerry Brown, who championed online education, is an efficient way to reach more people for less money. Now the California lawmaker who requested the audit last year says it's time to end the experiment and shutter the college before any more money is wasted on it. Now this is interesting. I have been a champion of online learning. Uh, you know, before the pandemic hit, I'd been saying for years, yeah, why wasn't more college online? You know, especially like, you know, you're lit 101 and all that sort of stuff. Why the heck do you have to be there? Well, you don't have to be there. But um, now that I've seen it in action, it's not working very well for the younger people. You know, you're, in theory, way more self-motivated as a college student, and you're spending your mm-hmm. own money, so you really are only hurting yourself uh, if you decide not to, uh, to try to get what you can out of it. But maybe, Agreed. maybe yeah. it doesn't work at that level either. I don't know. So the idea behind Calbright has been to train low-wage workers in their 20s and 30s for better jobs at little cost to them and to do it faster and cheaper than at traditional community colleges. Leaders have said the school would not only find jobs for every student, but would supply on-the-job coaching. Looking at that data through October, the audit found that the college enrolled far fewer low-income people, veterans, immigrants, and women who were its target population than proponents expected. Nor did the college work with employers to show that its programs prepared students for any real jobs or to check to see if its students got jobs. In their chosen field. Of the 904 students who enrolled in Calbright in its first year, 384 dropped out. 87, they don't know whether they dropped out or not. They don't know what's going on. The auditor blamed Calbright's difficulties in port on poor management by former executives setting up the college. And at some point in this, they note that the college executives in this online college are paid way more lavishly than any other community college leaders. Wow. So they're not only making. I'm guessing the average community college or all college people are, uh, uh, you know, the the bureaucracy are making more money than they should anyway. They're making more than right. the average two year right. college. That's incredible. They what a hustle, the, man! What a hustle. The, the original chief technology officer, uh, who's still there, is making two hundred seventy thousand dollars a year, nearly twice the median salary of his counterparts at other schools. And Calbright doesn't even have a salary schedule to ensure the problem doesn't happen again. They just paid people whatever they decided to pay them, with the the uh, the vault being constantly full of tax dollars. How have I not gotten in on this at some point? Figured out a way to just you know throw money at me. I'll be a mid-level bureaucrat at an online college that nobody graduates from for a couple yeah. hundred thousand dollars a year. Interestingly enough, the assembly member who called for this, Jose Medina of Riverside, is a Democrat and says, the legislature must end the Calbright College experiment. 
They graduated 12 people. Their, their, um, their goal is nonsensical. I don't think that's something you can possibly do. You can't, you can't have any sort of guarantee you're going to get people a job by going to a two year school. I just, that doesn't seem possible to me. No, no, probably not. Not with the number of people that are coming out of college every single year. Well, right. And just, well, and the implementation is the, the, the disease. It's not like, well, here you go. The, uh, the gal who's the, what is she? The, uh, chairman of the board there. What, what's her name? She ought to be named Pamela Haynes. We acknowledge that Calbright made early missteps and that necessary changes have been made to course correct and implement rigorous internal controls where needed. We appreciate the recommendations for continued improvement. Like it's going to change. Unbelievable. Nobody got a job. Nobody even knows. Oh, that's a, we promised to find people jobs. We don't have, we have a program for that. The, the, one of the reasons this stuff happens is, so fiscal conservatives hate this, but they don't want money spent on hardly anything, me being one of those people. I wish you could get liberals on board, like the, the liberals who, you know, cry tears when they see homeless on the street. Good for you. You're a better person than me. But I wish they would get mad about this sort of stuff. I'm a liberal, I care about homeless, or I care about, uh, you know, foster kids, or I care about whatever my issue is. I care about, How about it so some much. mental health squad to show up for mental health calls? could be freaking anything. It could be right. pets that don't have homes. I wish they would look at stuff like this and just get incensed and put all their energy into, we need to stop this because it's wasting government money that could be spent on the thing I care about. Now, I want it all shut down, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, see... So that- I was going to say, as I've said many times to my progressive friends, if you want your goals, your dreams enacted, become a fiscal conservative. Man, really jump. Do your whole woke run people out of their jobs, shame them into submission thing on these people and push the money toward the things you care about. That's that's what. When the money gets wasted, one, people like me don't want to give tax money to anything because we feel like it's a waste. And so there's just a limited amount of money. So, right. you know, it, it, dollars that go to graduating 12 people at a cost of $175 million spread out over a few years could be going to something else you care about. You know, it's a, today's a, a red letter day for me. It's a pivot point in my life. Uh, I will remember this day forever. I'll mark down the date. I have, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life uh, to stealing tax dollars. I'm going to defraud the government in every way I can think of. I've said Everybody this, else is. Why wouldn't I? I've said this many times. I used to be a guy, I felt like if you were a tax cheat, you're a bad person. I don't feel that way anymore. You should do whatever you can, and if you can get away with, go ahead. Because they're doing the same to you. They're absolutely doing the same to you. They're freaking stealing your money and wasting it for their own profit. So, Thanks no, for taking my money. I feel, I feel zero obligation to give as much money as I'm owed if I can get away with it. That controversial stuff, but I completely see your point. You're going to do that? Oh, my God. They're stealing from you and wasting it for their own gain. Yes. I got better places I could put it. God, anything would be better. It's just a waste. Wow. Your your opinion. Text line 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. That Indian variant of the COVID is spreading around the world fast. A little little update on that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Over a thousand rockets have rained down on Israel from Gaza. 
in the last couple of days. 1,050 rockets, and the Iron Dome has uh, intercepted between 85 and 90% of them. Of course, whether that's true or not, I don't know. We claimed we shot down every Scud missile, and we didn't shoot down any at the beginning of the Iraq War because you don't want to tell the enemy that your defenses don't work. But There's sure. videos of these ones, though. I've, I've seen them across yeah. the timeline. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. wild. Yeah. But the percentage, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, got this headline. A woman plans 285-mile run in wedding dress to raise awareness for narcissistic abuse. <laughs> I don't know what narcissistic abuse oh. is. Sounds, Sounds unpleasant. It does. I'm glad she's raising awareness for it by running 285 miles in a wedding dress. Well, I'm aware now. That will it help worked. us all. Uh, and I'm troubled by this story. So the Indian variant of the COVID is uh, supposed to be a bad one. They don't know. They're not. This is what's wiping out India. Half of all the cases and deaths in the world last week were in India. Now it's a very big country, but still, that's quite an extraordinary number. Um, it's now in fifty countries. I don't think that I've heard it's in the United States yet. It spreads faster. It may be more deadly. They're not sure yet if the vaccines work on it. They don't know yet if the vaccines work on it. Oh boy. So like other variants, the South African variant, the British variant, other variants, they announced fairly quickly the vaccines do work on this, but they have not determined that yet. This is from the WHO themselves. They have not determined that the vaccines work on the Indian variant. Obviously, if the vaccines don't work on the Indian variant, we're back to square one on this whole damn thing once it gets to the United States. But I'm I'm going to assume that it will. It's possible China has unleashed doom upon mankind. We can't ever just keep up with the variants? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, it's, it I is think possible. it's unlikely based on what I've read, and I pray it's unlikely. It is absolutely possible, though. Something that contagious and it just mutates quickly enough you can't stay ahead of it? I don't think this is going to happen, so I'm not doing the doom and gloom thing here. I don't think this is going to happen. But, you know, if, it, if, it, if the vaccines don't work on it and it spreads faster and kills, uh, makes you sicker, more people sick and die, and it hits the United States... It'd be so hard to get us to shut down again the way we did before. Ain't gonna happen, man. Ain't gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, I would hope we could we could protect ourselves in a much much smarter way, though. You know, like uh, who was it? Was it uh, Israel? Japan was preaching about the uh, the three C's: closed spaces, cramped quarters, and and I can't remember cellos. the other one. Cellos, exactly. Avoid those three things. Just don't be close to people indoors. Mm. And now it's final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Oh, boy. Thank you, Droopy. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's squeeze in a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. It's Michelangelo pressing the buttons in the control room. Michael. I'm just thinking about what I have in my kitchen. I got to get gas, so maybe I had to get some fruit bowls and, uh, I don't know, some cups. Anything that gas will stay in, just since there's maybe a shortage across the country. Do I fill up with gas today, even though I'm... 3,000 miles away from the problem just because people are going to act irrationally. I don't know. You got to beat them to the punch. Positive Sean, our producer. Final thoughts, Sean? Yes, new documentary, Crime of the Century on HBO. Turns out it's just the two episodes, so about a little little under four hours total viewing watching. But uh, I loved every minute of it. It is uh, fascinating, and it does a great job of doing the, the big picture stuff, anecdotal individual peoples, how they experienced it, and connecting all the threads. Really well done. Talking about the opioid epidemic, yes, which yes. Big Pharma murdered 100,000 Americans or more. Uh, Jack, a final thought? One of my favorite things in the world is Sonic Day. My son gets out of school early on Wednesdays, so uh, I pick him up with Henry, and we go to Sonic and get uh, an M&M blast. And it's always fun, and they really enjoy it, and I look forward to it. 
My final thought, and I speak this for everybody listening, is uh, I'm tired of bad stuff happening. Mm. You know? Really? You're anti-bad stuff? I want good stuff to happen. You prefer good stuff to bad stuff? Yeah, huh. exactly. You're tracking that. with me. Yeah. I'd, I'd prefer no more bad stuff happen for a while. Okay? I'd sign up Nobody for that. Nobody hacks anything. No pandemics. No murders. No bombings. No civil wars. Just stop, everybody. No gas shortages, no out of work. Right. No gigantic bloated government programs that are going to turn us into Italy. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to the uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com to drop us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If there's something we ought to be talking about, we got some fabulous swag. We're about to talk to the great historian Neil Ferguson. That'll be an extra-long podcast available Uh, Later today or tomorrow. Good stuff at the website. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. Adios, mofo. So it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. It's kind of bogus. It's a wild animal. Joey, baby. Yes, we drank beer. I tell you what, you got a a tiger and two monkeys, you got a case of beer, you got a party. (laughs) (laughs) Experts tell me all bloody hell is going to break loose. Okay. Then we'll bring this fool in. Your name's not but 3000, you yo-ho. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.